I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. It's time to get outside. This is KSL Outdoors, brought to you by Trax Power Sports. Two hours of stories and information on hunting, fishing, and high adventure. Our host is Tim Hughes on KSL News Radio. Welcome back. Nice to have you listening this morning. Uh, Russell is still with me. Russ Smith on the road. Where did you say you were? Farson? Farson. Farson. F A R S O N. Farson. Wyoming. And you claim I've been there, but I have no recollection of it whatsoever. No, you've been there. Come on. You remember that rainy night? We were on the motorcycles. The girls were in the motorhome, and we just, it was dark. We just decided we're not going any further. And uh, we got gas and pulled over in the parking lot and spent the night here. Morning was beautiful and dry. See, your memory's better than mine on most of these things. On some things, but I can't remember my phone number, you know? (laughs) Navinovskis is going to rejoin us here in a minute. Uh, We'll get some fish bites for you. But uh, I just want to give, before we start talking about your trip, which has been, uh, sounds like quite an adventure, Russell, I just want to give everybody an update on uh, Roger Eggett from uh, Bear River Lodge and Tracks Power Sports, sponsors of this program. For those that listened last week, and I've had some people asking, because and this is so appreciated, we kind of feel like we're all family around here, but for those that have listened for years, you get attached to uh, our own personal lives and stories sometimes, and Roger and his wife, Jamie, and uh, her youngest son and their niece were actually at their home um, in just above Lahaina last week when that fire went through and wow. uh, they they got out of there because he had shipped over one of their side-by-sides from Trax Power Sports one of the Can Am uh, huh. Defenders a six-seater and while everybody else was stuck on that road one road in one one way in one way out he was huh. able to bust trail and go on some dirt roads and they got out of there safely oh man but they did not know when they got here the situation uh with their house that was left behind so just a little bit of good news. Now, I haven't talked to him in the last yeah. uh, 24 to 48 hours, but he did get word from neighbors that the fire did not jump the road. His home did not burn. I hope that's still the case. Wow. But they did yeah. uh, sustain quite a bit of wind damage, which now it's starting to sound like uh, those high winds from the hurricane that you know swept by Maui may have snapped uh, well we know they snapped some power lines and those power lines went down and sparked some grass fires that may have been the beginning of all of this anyway i just wanted to give our listeners an update he was headed back over there to uh, try and get the latest and we send our prayers and thoughts for all of those in um in maui and that uh, death toll above 100 now was still like a thousand people missing But at least for now, it sounds like it was not as bad as it could have been for our dear friend and and, uh, sponsor of this program. So I I just wanted to make sure we made that point. All right. So uh, first things first with you. On a happier note, you were up in uh, Montana. You checked in with us because there was a a ring ceremony going on and quite quite a celebration. The last of the Smith children has uh, tied the knot, which is nice. Yeah, it is. It is. And uh, we we 
had high expectations, but you know, like any parent, you just got to let it roll and wait for the time to be right. And, and I'll tell you what I told my daughter. Thanks for waiting. Thanks for waiting. You know, she's 38 now. I said, thanks for waiting for this guy because he, he's a tremendous guy and, and just the right person for her. I'm convinced of that. Mm. And, uh, you know, ladies, you're out there. Sometimes you think you're too old and you're never going to get married. You are. You're just waiting for the right guy. Yeah, that's great. You know? Well, and your description of that beautiful spot that they now call home, uh, complete with donkey uh, out, out in the field. We have, we have uh, oh, I'm not going to remember the donkey's name now. Oh, Dang. No. Oh, no. Anyway, they got a donkey and they have this beautiful black horse. All right. I call her Blanca. They have another name for her. I don't care. I'll call her whatever I want. Well, but um, yeah, and they come up and visit every night. They have a place to sleep at night, and uh, you know, life's good. I, you know, the amazing. I don't know how they did this. That's the thing. They bought sixty acres with a kind of a rundown house on it uh, in a beautiful spot in Montana. They both been working their butts off to to do this, you know, and and they did it. Well, and it's going to work for them. It sounds like a storybook uh, ending for all, which is fantastic. So congratulations! All right, so you leave there. You've got your motorhome now, Chris flew up and met you there and it sounds like she flew home you stayed in the motorhome and hit the road toward right. wyoming that's right um let's see i left there and i went south through uh um oh man you're, this is going to be a problem um well i crossed the border level level wyoming i spent the night there i posted this on facebook i spent the night in the byron city cemetery i have a buddy that's that's buried there i've been there I with like you yeah, I know you have. I like to get by there once in a while. This is, I think, only like the third or fourth time I've been there. Um, it's kind of out of the way, but anyway. Uh, so I spent the night there. Great place to spend the night in a motorhome. It's quiet. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> so, there weren't any other motorhomes there. <laughs> so uh, from there, I went, let's see, I, I went south down to... Uh, to Matitsi. Yeah, you went Matitsi, off. You, you went off the grid for a while. Yeah, I I I like going to Matitsi because I like saying the word Matitsi. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, so there's been this canyon I've always wanted to go up there, and I've stayed in Matitsi, but I had business and I didn't have time to goof off. And uh, you find that hard to believe, I know. Yeah. But uh, so so I drove up this road in the motorhome. So I've got this 32-foot motorhome that's like 200 years old, and that wouldn't be that old. But And I'm pulling a 20-foot trailer, enclosed trailer, with the Jeep in it and other miscellaneous supplies. So I go up this road, and then it turns to dirt. Uh-oh. And I've studied this road over and No, 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 I've studied this road. And um, so I went as far as I was I was comfortable going. I, I stayed in a beautiful spot overlooking the river and the valley. And nobody else was there, and it's just gorgeous. So the next morning, I get out the Jeep, and I want to go up to to this uh, mine and, and kind of a ghost town up at the end of the road. I've been watching videos and everything on this, and I've been anxious to go. But I wanted to bring Chris with me. So I leave in the afternoon to go up there, and I spend a couple hours driving, and 
I got to the point where I was about six miles away, and it's kind of right where the road gets really challenging. I said, you know what, it's going to be dark. I'm going to turn around and go back. I'm going to bring her up here so she can ride with me when we get to that town. But the coolest thing is I did my first major stream crossing in the Jeep. Nice. And and it was deep. <laughs> and I was glad I had good door seals <laughs> so because it was up above the bottom of my doors. Well, did, when, and, you got, uh, when you got to the deepest point, did you say, if I've made a mistake here, how do I get out of this? Well, I did, but I know that other guys – in the same equipment had already just done that that day. Cause I saw him coming back. And so I, you know, I said, well, you know, I, you, you, you attempt when you do this, you creep up on it probably way too slow. And, uh, you let your front wheels drop in the hole and you go, Oh, there's no way I got to gun it and go, you know? So is this, and, a ca- is this a camping area, this Canyon? Oh yeah. If you wanted to, but it's, it's pretty remote. Um, I, I think a lot of the overlander guys, gals were going up there. I saw they go, saw them go by in their massive contraptions and, uh, and they are all geared to, to sleep. Yeah, you can camp anywhere. It's all open. It's national forest. I mean, it's, it's very remote. Yeah. Well, and you were just so, telling me there's some pretty good sized motorhomes that just pulled in there pulling Jeeps. Geez. Have you... <laughs> Have you had a chance to uh, calculate your gas mileage pulling that thing down the road? I I don't even want to know. Yeah, I don't want. I'm up, it's a lot. I think I'd be uncomfortable with it actually. Yeah. Yeah. I gotta fill up again now. So you headed I, you headed home now or? Eh, sort of. I might take a few other side trips. I don't know. Ah, I see. I'm waiting for those days in my life when you say, "I don't know. We don't have anything going on at home. Maybe I'll just stay out a little longer." I mean, what am I what am I gonna do when I get home? Just <laughs> think about know. think about your next road trip, probably. Well, I'm, I, it's already planned. Well, I'm, I'm coming coming back up here. <laughs> uh, there you go, and bringing Mama with you. All right, uh, we've got to take a break. We're gonna get some fish bites for you. That's coming up next. Navadomskis rejoins us on KSL Outdoors Radio. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. <laughs> There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andreas Martin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Bubba had a dream, Bubba had a wish. And there is no doubt about that. I was kind of glad to find out you've done some spear fishing, Navi. That's something I've never tried to do. Oh, my boys, too. Uh, you have to. I have to tell you about an encounter I had with a shark um, when I was spear fishing once. It's a great story. That'll be a fun little thing to talk about one day on the show. Yeah, you'll have to remind me of that next week. Um, but this week, uh, doing a little fishing, or uh, you're headed to do a little fishing in Wyoming, I think, over the next couple of days. So you're getting away. That's good news. What's on the docket for discussion? 
Well, um, I got a lot to talk about, but that trip is going to have fishing involved, but it mostly just me and my wife in our motorhome uh, sitting on the edge of a stream enjoying the scenery in our lawn chair. I do a lot more lawn chairing now than fishing. Yeah. But but we're going to do – I got all my rods and everything packed and all my flies, so I'm expecting to do plenty of fishing too. All right. Uh, so what are you going to teach us today? Well, you know, the fish bite thing, I, I always think, what do we need right now? What, what needs to happen right now? And, and you've been with me, but I get a lot of phone calls throughout the day every week. Uh, former students that all, you know, I would take my son out Saturday. Where should we go? Going to Alaska. What are we using? How do I do? Where should I be? I mean, I get these questions. You've been with me when they call. And, um, you know, I, I, I keep revisiting the Hopper show. And I go, did you listen to the show? Oh, I listen every week. Did you hear the one about the Hoppers? And they're like, oh, I missed it. Well, you just can't miss the Hopper scenario now. So I'm going to revisit Hoppers because I've been fishing in this state for more than 45 years. And I watch, you know, the ebb and flow of every, you know, transition that we've had over the years. I have never, ever seen as many hoppers as we have now. We got mosquitoes bad, too. But that, that winter we had, coupled with the monsoon season, it's just extended the hoppers. Um, you know, I play golf at the Morgan Golf Course, and I have a couple of colleagues from Davis High that play with me. And they almost get more excited about when we round one of the greens that has a lot of hoppers. They go, Mike, Mike, show everybody. So I grab a handful of live hoppers, and I throw them in the Weber, and boom, 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 they all get eaten, right? But, and they're just floored by that. It's like feeding the bears. So um, I, I, I really want everybody to understand that if you're not fishing hoppers right now, you're truly missing out because they've never been – thicker than they are right now so i'm going to revisit hopper fishing for a minute because a lot of people missed it so let me say this if if you're a bait fisherman then just put those hoppers right on the hook i like to put them in right below the head and then through the thorax and out the tail and then the head covers the top um that'll work good and um really any way you can get them to stay on the hook you can't miss with hoppers right now if you're a bait fisherman but if you're a fly fisherman we throw foam hoppers, and you got to coat those foam hoppers with aquil or any kind of fly floatant. And, and the strategy is you get about 12 to 15 inches in front of the fly. You put the goop on that part of the line, and that keeps it floating high, and then goop on the hopper itself so it doesn't saturate and sink. And then, you know, there's a lot of techniques, but one of the things that I constantly tell people because they don't understand when they throw it out there, the fish will come right up to it, and they'll hover. And as it floats down the river, the, you know, the, whatever it is, rainbow brown cut, they're right underneath it, and they're watching it because they're a little skeptical. You know, is that a mannequin? Is that fake? Is that real? And so one strategy that works 100% out of 100% is you, if you see this happening, they're following it, but they're not hitting it. What you do is you point your rod at your fly and turn it in a small circle. So the diameter of the circle is like six inches. So just circle, circle, circle fast you can. And what that does is it puts coil in your fly line, and then it goes down to the fly, and it kind of wants to turn over. So what happens is the legs go bang, 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 and boom, they hit it immediately. So do a few turns, and they're going to hit it immediately because it causes the rubber legs on your fly to to twitter in such a way that they, they just can't help it. They're going to hit it. Mm. Okay. And then, and then the other mistake people make, is they want to set it. When they see that, they see that hopper get hit, they're setting it, and they're missing. I watch them. They just miss. 
you're not in any hurry. Let that guy eat that fly, eat that hopper, and take it down because it feels good to them. It's it's foamy. It feels like a mouthful, and they're just taking it down, then set them. And the set is up, which is rare, but it could be down or up depending on the current. But it's a very soft set, but you've got to inject that hook into their mouth and then fish on. So if you don't know how to fish hoppers, You need to learn because it is so much fun. It's such a visual phenomenon. Uh, One of the hoppers I do like to throw, and it works really great around here, is the Turk's tarantula. And the reason why is because it doesn't have foam on it. It's deer hair, and it's dubbing. So it kind of floats in the film a little deep, which hoppers kind of get deep when they die. And then when you move it, those front legs move in such a manner that it's just irresistible to fish. Ah. And everybody, Yeah, so... I like the red or the yellow. Right now, the hoppers, are like, we could go up just feet from my motorhome, and if there's, if there's a one, there's a million. There's so many that if I just take one swipe with, a, like, a, a butterfly net, I probably have 60 flies, 60 hoppers in it. Yeah. That's how many they are. So you got to get near the alfalfa fields, but I've never seen more hoppers ever in my life than I'm seeing right now. So... How long is it going to extend? I can't tell you. It's usually over by August 1 because we get dry, but it's not over at all. They're as thick as ever. So take advantage. Learn how to fish a hopper. That soft uh, set is a surprise to me a little bit because of the size of a hopper. I just thought maybe it would be a much more aggressive strike on the part of the fish. Well, when, when we nymph, we have to kind of inject the fly into their mouth. But when they got a hopper, they're, like, feeling good. They got it in their mouth. They're going to the bottom. Yeah. And they're going to hold in their mouth tight. So you just need enough to hook them, not enough to pull it out of their mouth. All right. Well, have fun on this road trip. Uh, I don't know how long or short it may be, but it doesn't matter. Have some relaxing time with Gail. And uh, our apologies to your uh, fishing fans who were upset that we didn't have a fish bites last week because of all of our road trip information. I had no idea how many people (laughs) listened. Yeah. Uh, But, you know, hey, Tim, today's the first day of school, so this is the first day of true vacation for me and my retirement. There you go. You haven't had to answer that school bell. All right, buddy. Thank you. Thank you, Tim. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.